Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show, Quinn David Furness Presents, the Beantown Podcast for Sunday, October 16th, 2022. What's going on? How are you? What's happening? My name is Quinn, and we are coming to you live uh, from back in Chicago. I was hoping to do a little show live from the Big Apple, uh, where we've we've come to you live from there uh, a couple times before, I believe, at least once. Uh, but of course, as just had to happen getting to O'Hare Thursday night after teaching a class I've already had some so I guess back up for a second had some dental work done a week and a half ago right after I got back from Minneapolis and I had just had the worst headaches uh, from that and it's very predictable like I'll, I'll take some acetaminophen and it gets better for X number of hours and then it wears off and go back take some more so it's been a balance of trying to obviously not take too many pills in 24 hours for the past about 10 days now which is not fun I'm not I'm not a guy who likes taking pills I'm not used to taking pills so that's just been uh it's been tough you know anyway so I've had the headaches and feel the sickness coming on Thursday and just get to New York very late Thursday night actually early Friday morning and the full full cold symptoms just swoop in. So, not fun. Uh, stuffy nose, bad sinus pressure, uh, sore throat, all the good stuff. Which is why we, I wasn't able to broadcast live in New York. Um, just because it's already talking it for work and it's not, not that much fun to, to talk more and more and more. So... Anyways, we're back in Chicago today. I hope you're doing well. My name is Quinn. I am the best boy showrunner and uh, second unit assistant producer of this show. Uh, hello to my friends in Pakistan. I don't know how many of you saw my Instagram story, but we were walking by Fox News Studios yesterday or the day before, and they had the little ticker running along the outside of the building, and all I saw was Pakistan angry, dot, dot, dot. And I had to put that on my Instagram because it was like... Are they upset because, I don't know, I've never missed an episode. This would have been a good week for a guest host, but uh, you know what? We don't do that here at Cross Beantown Networks. I think this is episode 248, 249. We're we're very close to 250. I'm going to check. I know this one's not 250, uh, but I'm going to go check that for you. And uh, this will also be a very brief episode because I'm just not in the mood, if I'm being honest. Uh, And I'm multitasking. The uh, Minnesota Vikings just won to go to 5-1 and one going into their break, which is exciting. It's a big, big road win that I think a lot of, not a lot of people thought they were going to win this one, even though the Dolphins had quarterback issues. Um, but they, they pulled it off. They won 24-16. to 16. It wasn't pretty, but they pulled it off. And I have uh, the one time a week when I actually use my DePaul-branded off-brand AirPod. I'm listening to the post-game show. Uh, the Vikings podcast post game show. So, li- do, recording a podcast while listening to another podcast in my ear, that's got to be some sort of world record. But hello to uh, Hyderabad, Kyber Pass, uh, Karachi, all that good stuff. Hope you're doing well. I think Hy- is Hyderabad, that's in India, but Islamabad, that's in, that's in uh, Pakistan. I think I should get that figured out or else we're not going to be the 112th ranked comedy podcast for much longer. Listener discretion is also advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Uh, we got a, we've got a little history lesson coming for you on this show. Uh, it's going to be 
think of it as like a, a quick history minute, if you will. Uh, because we were walking in Central Park on Friday morning, and I noticed that we were pretty close to the Balto statue. And that got me thinking. And I wanted to talk about the Gnome Serum Run a little bit today. So for you uh, for you sled heads out there, or you uh, Aurora Borealis freaks, or snow dogs, aficionados, this one is going to be for you. If not, it's okay. It's going to be a short episode, I, I promise you. Uh, I also want to thank our sponsors at Home Pride Oregon. We need you, you need your home inspected in Central Oregon. you got to trust someone who's safe, certified, and doubly insured. That's my dad, Steve. Call him at 541-400-0316 or visit homeprideoregon.com. Also, our good friends, the Cuts by Q uh, Barbershop, serving Northwest Indiana, Chicagoland, uh, North, North Shore, West Shore, uh, West Bank, Giza Strip, Gaza Strip, Ibiza. Uh, when you need a fresh do something snappy, you call the experts at Cuts by Q. And then, of course, the, uh, the Samson Q2U series, speaking of hair, I'm doing this podcast in our guest bed, which has a mirror, and I'm looking at myself while I podcast. That's not common. Um, I guess when I do my YouTube streams, that happens. But <coughs> got the cough, too, going. Got it all. Uh from Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. When God speaks, he uses a Samson. I was really proud of myself, frankly. Excuse me, before we dig into the Gnome Serum run on the plane this morning, I went into total Zen mode because uh, I had just been blowing and blowing and blowing my nose every two minutes before that and uh, just developed the cough like yesterday. And so I went into total Zen mode, didn't blow my nose once. Uh, only coughed like twice and I was, I was, I was fighting too. I was in the middle seat and the person, Rachel was to my right, the person to my left was just all over that armrest, but not just like, I'm going to take this armrest, but like, I'm going to put my wrist on the armrest and my elbow is going to go all the way into your side. And the worst thing was, and I don't care about this. I was resting. It was 6am this morning. Um, but I had, uh, they have the like direct TV on the plane and your remote is your armrest. But of course, my remote was the one that was being occupied by this person. So she was not only doing the double armrest, but she had double TV control. She could have had like surround sound for, you know, vision if she'd wanted. If she turned on the same channel uh, on my television and on her, she could have, you know, it's like surround sound, but for your eyes. Would have been pretty cool. She did not do that, but... I hope, I hope she finds happiness. Uh, so, saw the Balto stat or did not see the Balto statue. Rather, it's a little bit further up. Uh, it's a little bit further north into the park, uh, just north of the zoo there. And I had to get back for work. Uh, I've seen the other Balto statue, which is in Anchorage, Alaska. And this isn't a uh, this isn't a new thing for me. I, I'm very aware of this story, but I feel like a lot of people out there are not. So Balto who most people know, I think, largely because of the Disney movie, uh, which was obviously a, a took a lot of creative liberties with the story and that sort of thing. But essentially what we're talking about is the Gnome Serum Run. And I'll just give you a brief background of that, and then I want to spend the rest of the show talking about the, the real MVP of that, that run. So 1925, and I'm not purporting to be a history expert here on the show. We're going straight off of Wikipedia. So the 1925 Serum Run to Gnome 
also known as the Great Race of Mercy in the Serum Run, was a transport of diphtheria antitoxin by dog sled relay across the U.S. territory of Alaska by 20 mushers in about 150 sled dogs across 674 miles in five and a half days, saving the small town of Nome and surrounding communities from a developing epidemic of diphtheria. If you don't know, diphtheria is an infection, a bacterial infection, uh, 10% death rate, uh, probably worse back in 1925. Seems like it really takes out your uh, lymphatic gnomes, sore throat, fever, not good stuff. And if you don't know Nome is a city in the unorganized borough of Alaska. That's a place. It's like one of their counties, basically, the unorganized borough. It's a pretty badass name. That would be a good name for like a craft beer, unorganized borough. Um, <clears throat> let's see. The city is located on the southern Seward Peninsula coast of the Bering Sea. Basically, if you look at Alaska and you go to the middle of the state where Denali is, you go straight west, that's where Nome is. So we're talking like basically across the, the strait from Russia. Uh, very, very remote. One of those places you can only get to by plane, unless you have some sled dogs. So a lot of us know Balto uh, because of the Disney movie, and we know that Balto has the statue in Central Park and just uh, one of the most famous dogs of all time up there with Lassie and Old Yeller and Marley and Wrigley and Bailey. But, you know, Balto Balto is probably even more widely known than those. So to finish up kind of the main section of this Wikipedia page here, this will get us to uh, this will get us into the the sort of behind the scenes uh, story that I want to tell you about. Both the mushers and their dogs were portrayed as heroes in the newly popular medium of radio, back to 1925 here, and received headline coverage in newspapers across the United States. Balto, the lead sled dog on the final stretch in a gnome, became the most famous canine celebrity of the era after Rin Tin Tin, and his statue is a popular tourist attraction in both New York City's Central Park and downtown Anchorage. Here we go. <clears throat> so put a pin in that for now, because we've established that Balto's got the statues, he's got the celebrity, number two after Rin Tin Tin, number three after Ricky Tiki Tavi, which is not a dog, but a a uh, mongoose or a weasel or a muskrat of some sort, a mink even. I'm not sure. Uh, Rudyard Kipling was a crazy guy, man. He's got some interesting opinions. But uh, So we've established that Balto's a celebrity, but we jump back into Wikipedia here. And uh, here we go. But it was Togo's team, Togo the dog, which is the, the uh, topic of today's <coughs> brief chapter. Which covered most of the much of the most dangerous parts of the route and ran the farthest. Togo's team covered 260 miles, while Balto's team ran 55 miles. 260 to 55. Hmm, interesting. The publicity also helped spur an, an inoculation campaign in the U.S., which dramatically reduced the threat of the disease. Okay, so we know about Balto. We know Balto finished. We know he did 55 miles, and he's got some statues. Nice. No one at Beantown Networks is taking anything away from Balto. But we have to talk about Togo. And I've known for a while that Togo was a badass, but I learned even something new the other day as I was researching uh, that just took Togo into new heights of not only celebrity status, but importance in modern-day culture. So here we go. And again, if you're thinking, why do I need to listen to a Beantown podcast or Quinn just reads a Wikipedia article and I could just read it myself. Well, you're missing out on the charm, the narration, 
the flowing locks. Oh, we don't have a video stream going today. So that's why. So I'll let you decide for yourself. So Togo the dog lived from 1913 to 1929, 16 years. That's another badass thing. You, you know, we talk about like horses or chimpanzees and sometimes they have, you know, they live for a long time and you're like, oh wow, that's longer than I thought they would live. <coughs> but we all know how, how long dogs live. Like the, there's no hidden secret. Togo lived for 16 years. That's pretty amazing. Togo was the lead sled dog of musher Leonard Sapala and his dog sled team in the 1925 serum run to Nome across central and northern Alaska, despite covering a far greater distance than any other lead dogs in the run over some of the most dangerous parts of the trail. His role was left out of contemporary news of the event at the time in favor of the lead sled dog for the last leg of the relay, Balto, whom Sapala also owned and bred. Okay, Togo is a male. Togo was born... Somewhere, we don't know. Wikipedia doesn't say. Died in Poland Spring, Maine. Poland Spring, that's the uh, water company, right? I think so. I think I just saw a glass of Poland Spring or a bottle of Poland Spring earlier. So where is his final resting place? Interesting question. There's actually two final resting places. He's stuffed and mounted, displayed at the Iditarod Trail Headquarters Museum in Wasilla, Alaska, but his skeleton is mounted separately and is in possession of the Peabody Museum of Natural History, which is somewhere, probably Washington, D.C., but I'm not sure. His offspring include Togo II, a.k.a. TJ, King Eek, Patty, Bilka, and others. His appearance, dark gray, black and brown coat of medium length and light underside patches. Grew to 48 pounds in adulthood, large front paws, wide muzzle, and damaged right ear, which can be used to identify him easily in many pictures. What a badass. And if you didn't know, he was named after Togo Hihachiro, who was a uh, admiral of the fleet in the Imperial Japanese Navy in World War One. So, pretty badass. Actually, more like the Russo-Sinese War. I don't think he's a World War One guy. Anyways, <clears throat> here back to Togo. Oh, his awards. Oh, we gotta we gotta look at the awards. Most traveled dog in Alaska, champion trophy winner in Nome, record of longest and fastest run in Serum Drive, and the most oh, you're gonna want you're gonna like this award. The most heroic animal of all time. I don't know what organization Grant bestowed that ribbon upon him, but that's pretty badass. Deemed at first a mere troublemaker before being identified as a natural leader. Hmm, remind you of anyone? Hmm, something to think about. And puppy prodigy, just like Bailey, by Sapala, Togo had already shown extreme feats of dedication and endurance as a puppy, and as an adult continued to show unusual feats of intelligence. I feel like I'm reading my own Wikipedia article here. Uh, saving the lives of his team and musher on more than one occasion. Sled dogs bred from his line have contributed to the Sapala Siberian sled dog line, as well as the mainstream Siberian Husky gene pool, which was what the new thing I discovered the other day. Togo is the father of mainstream Siberian Huskies, and we all love our Huskies. You've got, you know, University of Washington. You've got Northern Illinois University. You've got all sorts of people who own Siberian Huskies as pets. My boss in... uh, in Baltimore, when I worked there, I had a Siberian Husky named Freya. We had family friends who had a Siberian Husky growing up. All thanks to Togo. What a guy. <laughs> Togo, let's see. I should have looked at the Wikipedia article before going into this to see how much I actually wanted to read. It's a pretty, it's a pretty lengthy article. 
he's got a he's got a great backstory. There's a lot going on here. He was 12 years old already at the time of the Gnome Serum run. That's a crazy thing. He wasn't a young pup. He wasn't in his prime. He was 12 years old, which is very old for a big dog. Okay, <laughs> early pedigree records inconsistent in his birth year. So he was kind of a mutt. No one really knew anything about him. He was really the he was really the dark horse. <laughs> Initially he did not look like he had a potential as a sled dog. He only grew to forty eight pounds, very undersized. His black, brown, and gray coat made him appear perpetually dirty. This guy's the pig pen over here. Togo was ill as a young puppy. He was sickly like FDR, required intensive nursing from Sapala's wife. You think like from the actual breasts or just i there's no they don't expand upon that in the wikipedia article but i would be interested in learning more let's see sapala gave him a way to be a pet dog at six months of age but he came back after only a few weeks as a house pet togo jumped through the glass of a closed window and ran seven miles back to his original master's kennel what a badass dude togo just gets better and better togo's crazy man one day, he attacked a much stockier Malamute leader and was mauled and severely injured. He's scrappy. When he recovered, Togo stopped attacking other teams' lead dogs, so he learned his lesson. But he's a fighter. Let's see. So that kind of takes us up to, uh, oh, he used to charge reindeer. That's pretty badass. Togo logged 75 miles on his first day in harness, which was unheard of for an inexperienced young sled dog, especially a puppy. Sipala called him an infant prodigy and later added, I had found a natural-born leader, something I had tried for years to breed. All right. Let's see. Oh, okay. So pre-Gnome Serum Run, one such occasion was during a crossing of the Norton Sound in a deadly northeast gale. Sipala had ordered Togo to turn in order to avoid a crack forming in the ice, and immediately after doing so, Togo abruptly stopped and somersaulted backwards into the rest of the team without being commanded to stop moving. Wow. Togo's got a mind of his own. When Tog when Sapala arrived at the front of the team to scold the dog, he discovered Togo had bailed not on the trail but to avoid an open growing water channel less than six feet from the team, which was not visible from the sled, having saved all of them from nearly drowning in the freezing water. <coughs> wow. Wise, wise beyond his years. Another impressive feat was during the same trip across the Sound when arriving at the ice shore, the Bering Sea, the ice flow the team was on top of was too far from land for them to cross or Sapala to jump over. He hitched Ho Togo in, in single lead with an anchor in the ice and tossed him across to pull the ice closer to the shore. Dude, Togo got tossed across the water. That's wild. Togo understood and dug in. However, the line snapped, suddenly leaving Sapala and the team stranded. Without guidance or prompting, Togo leapt into the water, took the broken line in his mouth, spun around to wrap it around his shoulders twice, fastening a makeshift harness, and pulled the ice floe to shore, his team with it. Togo is a badass. So that gets us up to the Gnome Serum Run. So they were doing 300,000, 300,240 units of serum delivered by train from Anchorage to Nanana, Alaska, <coughs> where it was picked up by the first of 20 mushers and more than 100 dogs. Togo and Sapala ran 170 miles east from Nome to just outside Shatulik, where they met the serum relay coming the other way. Uh, so they, you know, they started in Nome. They, you got to run halfway just to get there. 
just to pick up the baton, the serum, and then run back. After the handoff, they return another 91 miles where they pass the serum to Charlie Olson's team, having run over 261 miles across some of the most dangerous and treacherous parts of the run in total. The team traveled 260 miles from Nome in three days. The temperature is estimated at negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit, and the gale force winds causing wind chill of negative 85 degrees Fahrenheit. The return trip crossed the exposed open ice of the Norton Sound the night in a ground blizzard, preventing Sapala from being able to see the path, but Togo navigated to the roadhouse at Isaac's Point on the shore by 8 p.m., preventing certain death to his team. After traveling 84 miles in one day, the team slept for six hours before continuing at 2 a.m. Holy moly. Before the night, the temperature dropped to negative 40 degrees, and the wind increased to 65 miles per hour. The team ran across the ice, which was breaking up while following the shoreline. They returned to shore to cross Little McKinley Mountain, climbing 5,000 feet. That's a lot. After descending to the next roadhouse in Golovin, Sapala passed the serum to Charlie Olson, who in turn passed it to Gunnar Kasson and Balto. Pretty badass. After, after the run, Togo went on tour from Seattle to California. They drew crowds at stadiums and department stores. New York City, Sapala drove his team from the steps of City Hall along 5th Ave, where we just were, and made a pass through Central Park. The team appeared multiple times at Madison Square Garden. That's crazy. New England, they competed in several dog sled races across local Chinooks of Arthur Walden and won by huge margins. Good stuff. Togo was left to live at the Ricker Kennel in Poland Spring to enjoy a life of luxury in his retirement from sled work and was bred over the next several years. What a... What a time to be alive. Laying down the foundation for modern Siberian sled dogs, known as the Sapala Siberian Sled Dog and the Siberian Husky. Wow. He was euthanized in 1929 at 16 years because of joint pain and partial blindness. What what a dog. What a dog. Let's see if there's anything else here. But Togo, Togo is really, I don't know why, why we're all obsessed with Balto, but Togo is absolutely the badass. Oh, this is interesting. A film adaptation about Togo's efforts was produced by Walt Disney and released on December 20th, 2019 on Disney+. Plus. Willem Dafoe stars as Leonard Sapala. Well, who plays Togo? Probably Chris Pratt. Oh, Togo was portrayed by dog actor Diesel, who is a direct descendant of Togo 14 generations back. That is amazing. Well, go, go to Disney Plus tonight. If you'd like, go check out, uh, it's called Togo, and stars Willem Dafoe, along with uh, no one else I've ever heard of, but still pretty badass. Anyways, now you know a little bit more about Togo, now you're not just a Balto head, and now you know there's there are other hero dogs out there, not just the ones who steal the headlines. But we went to New York, we learned about Balto, we learned about Togo. And uh, who knows, maybe next week we'll do an in-depth dive into the country of Togo. So I apologize for most of this episode being a Wikipedia article, uh, but feeling very under the weather. And I uh, wasn't going to let a cold stop me from getting you another episode because we've never missed a show here <coughs> in just about, we're about through five full years now. Pretty good stuff. But that's what I had for you. Uh, I'm going to go rest up. I'm going to get hydrated. And, uh, yeah, got, got some other stuff I got to take care of. But back to work tomorrow, one day off, and uh, we're back at it. So 
Uh, 25 minutes with the uh, outro music. That sounds about right. That's a good spot. That's what I wanted to share with you. Hopefully you learned something. And if you want to learn more, uh, go read about Togo yourself or go watch the Willem Dafoe movie on Disney Plus, now streaming. That's what I have for you. Uh, good job, Vikings, 5-1. and one. And, uh, oh, we're going to do, we're going to dig into this next week, I promise. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is back. And we uh, always do the recaps, and we just I haven't gotten to it yet this year. We're uh, three episodes in, two or three episodes in, so uh, we're going to get back into those recaps. I'll, I'll catch you up on where we're at uh, starting next weekend, and then we'll go one week at a time from there. BravoCon was this weekend in New York City. A lot of crazy stuff going on. We were there at the same time as all those celebs. Lots more to unpack next week. Hopefully we'll be feeling better. Uh, That's what I have for you, everyone. I hope that you stay safe, stay sane, and I'll check in on you next time. Bye.